started a rocket like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We're rocket like you're never gonna see us again. Defense in the league couldn't stop this team. 
not even Tom Brady once again could not stop this team at Super Bowl 46. The Giants have done it. Eli Manning is a two-time Super Bowl MVP, and I am ready to eat crow all night, sir. Well, you know, Joe, I know that you only picked against the Giants because you wanted to be the opposite of me. But, you know, we talk so much about this off the air. We talk about this left and right. The truth of the matter is, sir, that that game was amazing. It'll go down as a great Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, you know, it had its sloppy moments, and, of course, we can get into all that. But, man, I tell you, it feels amazing. It feels great. And, and honestly, I know that we joked about this, but the truth is, now that the Giants have won again, I can live off this Super Bowl for the rest of my life. The Giants never have to win again. I believe they're, they're talented enough to do it. Sir, I learned quite a few lessons from this whole season. First of all, never give up on your team. Second of all, never say never. Just believe that anything can happen. Your team makes it into the playoffs. Literally anything can happen. Um, Any team can win. I mean, any given Sunday, all that other stuff, sir. I learned so much. But one thing I tell you, now that the Giants have won again, the only only two things that I need in in my life, sports life, to be complete is for the Mets to win a World Series, which of course looks like it's never going to happen. But I, I can't. I, I know you have. I can't give up on that. And the other thing, sir, would be for the Jets to win a Super Bowl. And I know that that oh, may surprise boy. you and shock you, but I tell you, I would. I would be rooting hard for the Jets to win. I would be thrilled. I wouldn't be as happy, obviously, because I am not a, a Jets fan. But my dad is a Jets fan. You're a Jets fan. You know, I don't. I have no ill will, no animosity towards the Jets. Or I, I want the organization to win. I want them to do something. I want Mark Sanchez to prove all the all the naysayers, you know, wrong. I want the Jets to make it, sir. Uh, you know, I think if Rex Ryan. Now, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> if Rex pipes down a little bit, sir. I mean, that's possible. So. At the end of the day, sir, when the numbers are counted, the facts are the facts, and the numbers don't count. No, wait, no, 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 wait a second. No, wait a second, David. Wait, David. David. First of all, wait a second. First of all, wait a second. Wait a second, David. For a second, let me. Wait a second. That's... All right, Mike. Wait a second, sir. That's all I need. But right now, I'm living high off the hog. I am pumped. I am jacked. I literally am in shock and awe that the Giants won. I picked them to win. I thought they were going to win. I believed that they were going to win. But, sir, it's just, I know you can't relate to it, unfortunately, and, of course, I'm not trying to rub that in your face, just, you know, kind of stating the obvious. But, sir, t- t- two days removed, 48 hours removed, I remember Sunday night I was at my father's house screaming, jumping, going nuts, punching walls, punching, kicking dogs, punching furniture. And, sir, that ride home was the sweetest ride I ever took in my life. Other than, well, yeah, it was, because when I brought my daughter home from the hospital, that was extremely nerve-wracking, and it took me two hours to make a 20-minute drive. But other than that, sir, this was the greatest drive of my life. The facts are, folks, that DG is right. And also, the Giants took advantage of every opportunity once again in the Super Bowl. I mean, a couple plays here towards the the Patriots side, and we're looking at a Patriots Super Bowl victory, mainly that Wes Walker catch or not catch in the fourth quarter, which really turned the game around. Eli Manning had a chance. Once again, Mr. Clutch himself had a chance to win the game. He did what he had to do. You know, we all dispute the whole fact that Ahmad Bradshaw should have probably just fell at the one-yard line, but who knows at that point, you know, you got to score when you got to score. And you they scored the touchdown. There's a possibility. Right, there's always that possibility of a missed snap or whatever, a block kick for the field goal. So the facts are the Giants did what they had to do, sir. They have a fourth Super Bowl title in their franchise history, and do you realize this puts them up with the teams like Pittsburgh with six? San Fran with five, Dallas with five, and Green Bay with four. 
You add the Giants in with four, and those five teams count for 60% of the Super Bowl titles in Super Bowl history. It's really incredible, sir. That is incredible, and like I said, I hope the Jets are able to do it. You know, Mike Francesco spoke about this earlier in the week, and he said, you know, you got to say, and you got to say that uh, Eli is the greatest quarterback in New York sports history because the truth is, he has two titles. Nobody else can say that. Not not old sloppy jalopy Joe Willie Namath, not Phil Simms. Why? You know, I love Phil Simms, one of my all-time favorite Giants. I mean, Eli has done what nobody else can do, and whether he's a Hall of Famer or not now, you know, the, the numbers may not bear that out, but I, I suspect that. If this young man continues to play the way that he played this year, he will no doubt be a Hall of Famer. His improvement has been amazing, sir. I think that he's honestly, and I don't even think it's debatable, when it when it comes to the clutch situation, when it comes to that fourth quarter, not only is he the king of the fourth quarter, not only is he Mr. Clutch, but, sir, I don't think there's anybody else you want behind center when when the chips are down, when you have to win a game than Eli Manning. His brother has more talent, but Eli's a better quarterback. He, he's a better game manager. He can truly... Uh, win, sir, when when it needs to be, and eight and three in the playoffs, two Super Bowl titles down, the Road Warrior, sir. There's, I'll never complain about this young man again. The Giants can go zero for thirty-two in the next two seasons, and I can't, I can't knock this kid ever again, sir. You're right, and uh, this is not a Jets night, and I think you've talked way too much about the Jets tonight because this is about the Giants, this is about the Super Bowl victory, this is about their their place in history as a one of the greatest franchises in NFL history. But I just want to mention that for all those people that knock Mark Sanchez after the third year, which I do not knock Mark Sanchez, I think yeah. that Eli Manning was playing much worse in his third year. I think you got to give this guy some time. So just to, to end the talk about Mark Sanchez and end the talk about the Jets, because you know what? The Jets can never talk. Rex Ryan needs to pipe down. This organization now needs to take a a look up to their, their fellow uh, roommates, as it will, and just uh, take a, a you know a, a page from their way of doing things because folks the Jets cannot talk anymore. The Giants did what they had to do. They won a fourth Super Bowl, and I've seen all four in my life, which is incredible. I don't know if I'll ever see one Jet one. I I would hope to say I could see one Jet Vic Super Bowl, but you just don't know with this team. I mean, football is a a, a year to year thing. Sometimes you you just never know. But sir, well, the Giants. Sir, not to cut you off, but, but this uh, this season proved that. It proved that it's a year-to-year thing because, I mean, if you look at if you look at the Jets, they went to two straight back-to-back, uh, you know, AFC title games, and then they go eight and eight the following year. I mean, it's like you said, you have to capitalize when you can. You got to do whatever you can do to win. You're right. Eli was not that great at the beginning. I remember when they took out Kurt Warner. I myself was not happy. But there's so many people knocking the Jets. So many people knocking their quarterback. You you got to give people time to develop, sir. And let's all pipe down, please. They were they were putting signs up. Eli's you know was adopted and this and that. I mean, come on. Eli is, is every bit the quarterback that his brother is, and he he goes up there with the elite when it comes to uh, winning and it comes to being clutch. And speaking of winning, speaking of being clutch, let's talk to somebody who's not clutch. Let's talk to Mr. Todd Johnstone, Mr. Jet himself. Sir, how in the world are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm ready to eat some crow as well. They played well. Giants played well. They played good ball. There's no denying that. Sir, let me ask you. You're watching this game at your house, I'm sure, stuffing your face, eating wings, eating turkey chili and all that other stuff. Tell me, when you're watching this game... (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what's funny is after all the talk that we did about food, I ate nothing that night. I was literally in such a rush <laughs> that I, I literally wasn't able to eat anything. 
And the second half of the game, I was standing the entire time, so, you know, nerves were going. I was going crazy, you know, kicking things. But let me ask you, sir, as a good football fan that you are, you're watching this game. At the beginning of it, towards the end, just just, just overall, if you could sum it up in a minute or two, give us your thoughts as you watch this game and, and, and you know, did you think the Giants were going to win? Did you think they were going to lose? I mean, I mean, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, when when the uh, when the when the Pats were up, what was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember what the score was. It was um, nine to. It, it was a uh, ten to nine. They were up, and then they went up seventeen to nine. Right when it was seventeen nine, I I I thought it was over. I, I really did think it was over. The offense was sputtering and. Uh, the Pats finally seemed to be getting their offense going, and then it just it, it all turned around. And like Joe was saying, I you know I think that entire Pats team was waiting for that Brady magic at the end of the game. Once again, they thought that they were going to be able to pull it out. And I'll tell you, of all the people, and Joe and I spoke about this earlier tonight, of all the people that I felt terrible for, I felt absolutely horrible for Wes Welker. I mean, him missing that pass. And, I mean, it was a high pass. I'll, I'll give you that. It was maybe slightly out of his reach. But I'll tell you, it broke my heart for him because, I mean, this is a guy who makes every clutch catch in the situation. He's Mr. Go-To. And when the chips are down, he didn't make the catch that that quite possibly could have won them the game. And I really I, – I, I couldn't even believe that I felt bad for a pass, but I did. Well, I really no, felt bad for not to cut you off, but honestly, I think if Wes um, – and I tweeted it. I said, you know, the Giants better send Wes Walker a Super Bowl ring because if he makes that catch, no doubt in my mind, 100%, we're talking about a Patriots victory right now because the pass were in – they were in range. Even if they had scored a field goal, that puts the Giants down. You know, that puts them down by what, about 10 points, which is two scores with a few right. minutes left to play. I think there's no way the Giants come back from that. To me, that would have been devastating. I think Wes has taken a little bit too much heat, and I agree with Mike. That wasn't a perfect throw by Brady. And, you know, when his his, his tool of a wife comes out and rips Wes, I mean, seriously, you know, what I thought was funny was um, Chris Collinsworth said 100 times out of 100 times he makes that catch. And then Al Michaels goes, well, I guess this is a 101. And I thought that was so funny because, you know, these two are going back and forth. But, you know, I, I agree, Wes is a good guy. He's a great ball player. I mean, he set the, all, the all-time record for tight end receiving yards this year. So I, I totally agree, sir. I just have to throw that in there. Now, continue. Well, I mean, and also, too, just to kind of put a not-too-fine a point on what you guys were talking about before and what we talked about on Saturday as well, I think that this Super Bowl win, for the most part, solidifies Eli's spot in the Hall of Fame. Because, you know, I, I was thinking about it and thinking about it all day on Sunday, <clears throat> and I can't think of a single – two-win quarterback that's not in the Hall of Fame. So I don't think yeah, Jim Pluckett, right? How about Jim Pluckett? Yeah, I say, all right, there you go. Joe just pulled one out of the hat. Well done. I don't know where the hell Joe got that from. I mean, I guess he's been doing his research. But, Todd, I, I, you know, it's like I said it before. If Eli plays the way he played this year, he's no doubt, Hall of, uh, no doubt Hall of Famer. His stats have been shaky up until now, but he's so clutch. He's so good when the chips are down. That, to me, it just blows my mind. I mean, this kid, this this young man, he's a winner. He's more of a winner than his brother. I mean, you know, Tom Brady, the legendary Tom Brady, Mr. Ugg himself. I mean, the Giants own the Patriots. There's a team in New York that owns the Pats, and it's the Giants, and nothing nothing could ever change that. Two Super Bowl wins, sir. 
I mean, that that blows it away. And for Brady, who was Mr. 3-0 and on the verge of immortality, now he's 3-2 and because he can't get past the Giants. I mean, what do you think about that, sir? Well, I mean, for Eli to go out there and, and do what he's been doing all year long and winning it in the fourth quarter, I mean, yeah, they <laughs> the Giants own the pass. It's <laughs> they own them, that Parcells tree, man. They've been fighting it out, and one is better than the other. <laughs> Unbelievable. Joe, you're a little quiet over there. What's going on? I'm doing some research. No, I'm just kidding. You're <laughs> <laughs> looking up other, other random stats that you can throw in there? Um, I mean, Todd, what did you think about the um, – I personally thought that not only were the Giants going to lose in the second half when, when the Patriots went up, um, you know, 17-9, to 9, 17 but then – yeah, seventeen nine. I also thought that um, when the Giants used two timeouts and ended up with a punt oh, that was situation, terrible. I thought that terrible. was terrible. And then I thought that it swayed back to the other side when, when there was that catch from Manning to Manningham and Bill Belichick. I mean, even oh. if I'm the coach, I'm going to challenge that play because I just don't know if he made the catch. And it was just a tough call. You had, you know, you had trust your instincts and Bill Belichick trusted his instinct and he wanted to challenge it. But that one timeout that he lost because of the challenge really cost him as well. Agreed. I, I, Quite frankly, I thought it was a terrible challenge. Um, I know that when you see it in real time, even though he was standing right on top of the play, granted reverse angle, you know, you probably would challenge that too, given the, the gravity of the situation. But, you know, it's easy for us armchair quarterbacks to, to, to dispute what he did because we see it from 15 different angles in slow motion. Oh, it's a terrible challenge. But I really did feel that way, that I thought in, given the situation, where you're at, what the score is, I didn't think it was a good challenge. I really didn't. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I mean, right, I, I, I tell you, that that, that is going to go down in Super Bowl lore. I mean, you know, you're talking about David Tyree-esque, and, you know, that that is the catch. That's the catch that's going to solidify Merrill Manningham. Now, from what was being spoken about today, he's a free agent, and he probably won't come back because the Giants – won't be able to re-sign him, and somebody's probably going to give him a ridiculous amount of money. But that was an amazing catch. And I just, you know, I'm watching this. Um, my, it's funny because my dad, you know, we're both losers because we're, uh, we're Mets fans, but at least I'm a Giants fan, so I can try to have a winner. But, you know, he has his, uh, he had a Ron Dane jersey on to start the game out. Let me tell you that much. Wow. Then he switches over to Tiki Barber, and then he got Great. so upset that he put on a, a, a Johan Santana jersey. I was like, Dad, what are you doing? Take that off. Why are you wearing a Mets jersey in the Super Bowl? And he's going nuts. He's saying they're done. He actually walked away, and when the Giants hit the 12-yard line and Eli makes that throw, and I was screaming, Dad, get over here. Check this out. Look at this catch. And he saw it, and, I mean, you know, we literally sat there in awe. Well, I stood there in awe watching this, and the Giants coming down, marching the field. I was so – honestly, I felt confident. I felt that Eli, when he had the ball, even at the 12-yard line, this kid is going to get the job done, and I was so thrilled. I was going nuts. But, Todd, let me ask you something, sir. Uh, would you be able to hold on for a minute? Because we have another call that I'd like to get to, but I don't want to lose you. Um, I'm, I'm sure. trying to manage all this while we have our, our guest coming up. So hold on a second, sir. Don't go anywhere. Folks, we're joined by uh, Mr. Giant himself, Mr. Bleed Blue, Abraham from Hackensack. Abraham, my man, how are you doing, sir? Well, um, I'm just wondering how you doing after that. Um, you know, <laughs> well, you wait. Call. 
Listen, you missed you missed the beginning of the. I don't know if you missed the beginning of the show, but I was going nuts. I playing Super Bowl highlights. I mean, I'm on cloud nine. But sir, from my understanding, you were at the parade today. Tell us a bit about that. What was that environment like? Wow, the parade. I wasn't only at the parade. I was also at the rally. The parade and the rally was crazy. Um, it, 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 I thought it was a game going on when I actually pulled in. Um, <laughs> one of the players actually asked. Um, what time does the game start? <laughs> when Bob Papa came up, that's the first thing he said. What time does the game actually start? Because there were so many cars. I mean, and she called the station. Yeah, I did lose my voice. Oh, my God, how could I not <laughs> lose my voice? This place was crazy. I took my daughter. It was her first time ever going to a parade or rally. And, of course, you know, I'm out there with those shirts that I got done, which you've seen, and everybody yes, asked sir. me for some. <laughs> hey man, you, you gotta sell them. You gotta promote them. Uh, you know, big blue on cruise control. You gotta promote those shirts. Believe it or not, I lost my I I, I lost my voice. But guess what? I sold my last four on the bus <laughs> on the way to the stadium. <laughs> so, you, but no, you, you had to order more shirts. But I mean, it, when you were there, you know, I know you you. And I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. You were the one telling me you can't give up, you can't give up. And I know that you didn't give up. But did you honestly think, you know, when the Giants are 7-7, seven and seven, did you think um, these are going to be the Super Bowl <clears throat> champions? Because to me, I'm sitting there thinking, man, these guys are looking looking like a, a, a train wreck. After they lost to the, the, the Redskins, I'm thinking, man, these guys, I don't know what's going to happen here. And now here we are a couple of weeks later, and they're the Super Bowl champions. I mean, I mean talk to me about that. Oh well, I never gave up. Not for not because I'm just a fan saying, "Hey, my team, my team, my team." No, I'm not a Cowboy fan. You know, Cowboys swear <laughs> they're going to win every year. All right, I'm not Jerry Jones. So, no, I I saw the talent they had, and I spoke to you about it. I remember having pizza with you, you know, earlier in the season and talking to you about it. The talent is so crazy on the Giants. I mean, the defense and the offense. And they're young. I mean, if we lose OC, and that's my that's that's a little fear of mine of lose, losing OC next year. But if we lose him, we I believe that we have the talent to win it again. I'm sorry. I know you might say, "Are you crazy?" You know, teams don't repeat that quick. Teams don't do this. The Giants have a history of winning one every decade. You know what I'm saying? And they've done that yeah. since in the '80s. They won one in the '80s. They won one in the 90s, also in, in 2000, and now here we are, 2011, again, champions. You know, hey, Abraham. But, go ahead. Hey, Abraham, I was going to ask you, um, now, considering that you're a real Giant fan that doesn't give up on their team like midway through the season, <laughs> unlike some people that I know, uh, I'm going to ask you this question because um, I, have more, I have more faith in you that you'll give me a better answer than somebody else that's on the air right now. But uh, just let yeah. me ask you, uh, in 2007, Versus this year, which which victory is more sweeter to you, the t- the team that won and beat an undefeated Patriot team, or a team that persevered at seven and seven, went all in and won a championship this year? Which one's more sweeter to you? You know, that is probably one of the hardest questions that you anybody has ever asked me, because in 2007 and this year. All year long, I had that feeling. Okay, before I get to the, to the 16 and you know and all whatever it is, you know or 18 and all whatever they were, um, I had that feeling 
this last that year and this year because I saw the talent. But it is sweeter to not let a team just create history, basically, it, it, because that was history. And, you know, to the Dolphin fans that are out there that are still happy because that's the only thing they need to brag, they have to brag about. But And I'm sorry if they're listening and, and if they get offended. But, <laughs> not, don't worry. you know. Okay. Believe me, they can't get offended. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go there. The only thing they have going in their favor is that um, Peyton Manning, the big brother, wants to go over there. That's the only thing that they have <laughs> going for their favor. But I think it was greater in 2007. Okay, because in 2007, the team that played was was really written off. And if you know the Giants' history, I don't know if you're a Giants fan yourself. But you know the Giants history, they're all the time being the underdogs. When is You tell me when are they the favorites. Never. They should have been the favorites Never. in this Super Bowl, honestly. I don't know what Vegas was thinking. They just wanted people to bet on the Giants. There was no reason that the Patriots should have been favorite in this in this game at all because the Giants had the better personnel overall. The only the only thing the pass had, and not anymore, was the coach and the, and the quarterback by a little bit, but that's out the window. Yeah, that that definitely is. That definitely is. And I respect I respect the Patriots very much. They're a great team. Bill Belichick. I don't. But one thing, it, well, I'm gonna tell you the only way, the only thing that I have to say about him is, hey, you were a giant first, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> this just, is true. You were a giant first, and you are the son of the Godfathers of all coaches, okay? You know the big tuna is your godfather, so <laughs> just be, we we own you. We own you. Your bloodline <laughs> comes to the Giants, <laughs> you know. But it it was great. It was great. Now, one thing that I want to say before I, you know, because I know we have some other people that are more important than me on here, is I am tired of listening <laughs> to you. I got mad at you. I got mad at you a little earlier because you said if Wes Welker makes that play. Now, let me tell you something, okay? You, you you person that gives up on your team. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey wait a minute time out time out to me giving up on a team is like is like what what Joe has done with the Mets where he doesn't talk about them he spits on them he doesn't he refuses to go to the games I mean to me that's giving Stop! up giving, <laughs> giving up is not me saying I give up no all right so look make your point so I can rip you go no no okay um, before that the Mets listen I'm sorry. As long as the Will Ponds are the owners, I don't think we're ever going to win a championship. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's a conversation for another day. Agreed. As, <laughs> as for the Giants, as for the Giants, the reason it was a bad throw and not a good throw, even though he had, remember, he had the room to throw it, it was because he was pressured. Every time the defensive line, he only got sacked twice. It's true. He only got sacked twice. And, you know, I would say it's a little iffy, the, the two, um, you know, the, the safety in the beginning. I would say it was a little iffy. It could have went either way. Okay. but Well, that was intentional grounding. There was no doubt about that. It, 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 Tuck pressured him, and he threw to nobody. He was throwing it to me because he, he there, wasn't a, there wasn't a Patriot within 20 yards of that throw. There wasn't a Patriot within three miles of that throw. <laughs> but, but the way he threw it at Welker, he wasn't throwing with confidence. And that confidence was taken away by who? By that defense. If we keep saying that the reason these guys, because remember, Branch also dropped. He, a, he dropped a, a couple a of catch. passes, actually. And he yeah. dropped a couple of times. 
but one of the main catches. But if you look at film, look at it, whose hands were up? That safety's hands were up. He, they were in his throwing lanes all night. They were throwing, Abraham, they were throwing their hands up. Go ahead. Abraham, I was going to say, I mean, considering that the Giants pretty much dominated the first half and still the, the Patriots were able to take a 10-9 lead going to the half and then Brady methodically led them down to a, a, an opening drive in the, third, in the third, you know, in the third quarter to another touchdown made 17-9. At that point, were you at least a little nervous that this game was getting out of hand? Listen, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you this because I don't want to say it in a bad way, but my gluteus maximus, if you know what that is, okay, <laughs> were so tight that if I needed to let any air out, <laughs> it was never going to come out because, yeah, That sounds I like a personal problem. <laughs> I know it sounds like a personal problem, but just to give you the, you know, the feel of, oh, my Lord, are you serious? Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Are they? Are we going to lose? Are we going to get blown out? Yes, I was scared of Brady breaking in through our, our defense. But I kept my cool. I was very quiet and very confident that that team, that defense will hold. Now, what got me really nervous was the third, the third quarter, and they came in with a touchdown. That's when yeah. I kind of said, wow. That was tough. Wait a minute. That, that, this really sucks right now. This <laughs> is not good. <laughs> Going into the to the fourth quarter, I would say that I acted maybe like Brandon Jacobs, you know, Tuck, and Osinio Monero. I got a little cocky, okay? I got a little, you know what? I forgot. We have Eli Manning, Mr. Fourth Quarter himself. You understand? Yeah, he definitely and, and I And I, I really hate the fact that everybody bashes him so much. Oh, well, and, that's going to stop after this year. I can tell you that much. Nobody's going to bash him well, again no, because he's the what? elite of the elite. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to stop because everybody's still comparing him to his brothers. Although he has a second ring, I guarantee you they will not give him the respect. Now, one hey. point that I want to make. Oh, go ahead. Abraham, all I can say to that is that, that that's just really good news for you as a Giant fan. If they're, they're going to continue to doubt Eli, and he just continues to prove him wrong, then that's all you want is you want the Giants to continue yeah. to be the Super Bowl defending champions but also be the underdog next year because, like you said, this team seems to play much better when they're the underdogs. Yeah, they, I agree. And that's what I Listen, guys, remember. We did that earlier. Go ahead. I, I hate to cut you off, but uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put a hold to the uh, the Super Bowl talk for a second because we have uh, we have a special guest joining us. So Abraham, I mean, if you can hang out, we have Todd on the line, we have you on the line. If you can hang out, you know, check out the rest of the show. Don't go anywhere. But we're gonna have to shift gears for a second, and I'd like to welcome. <laughs> I would like to welcome in the one and only, as I like to say, for all of our guests. We have the honor and privilege of being joined by Miss Oregon USA 2011, Anna Prosser. Anna, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, um, when I originally booked you on the show and we spoke, you know, weeks ago about this, I I was not thinking that we were going to be talking on the verge of, you know, my team winning the Super Bowl. I wasn't thinking that. You know, any of that. So I was like, yeah, you know, we need to get some guests. We need to get some things going on. So, uh, you know, we definitely appreciate you giving us some time and, and talking, you know, talking to us here on, on Pure Gold. Uh, let me ask you, Anna, according to your bio, you know, I looked you up, of course, before uh, before everything, and you seem to be a jack-of-all-trades. 
or Jill of all <laughs> trades. You know, you're a freelancer. It says you're a performer, a video host, spokesmodel, actress, et cetera, et cetera. Tell us, how did you get involved wearing so many hats, and which of those is your favorite? <laughs> I think that that's always kind of been my, my blessing and my curse, is that I just can never decide which one thing I want to focus on because I love so many different things. And so I, I don't know if, you know, you've heard the, what is it, jack of all trades but master of yeah, none yeah, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm working toward figuring out which thing I'm going to be a master of. Um, but right now what I'm really focusing on is my, my love of performance, I would say. And I guess if I had to pick a dream job, let's say, it would be to be a performing artist, like maybe a, an actress in film, but then also to use that um, platform, if you will, to be something like a goodwill ambassador for the United Nations, doing real good with, um, sorry, my, my dog is giving me security right now. From <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, sorry, using that platform to do real good in the world. So I guess the small version of that that I'm trying to, to do right now is I've made kind of a place for myself in esports, which is professional video gaming, where I get right. to perform, I get to be a host, I get to um, interview players, kind of be the on-screen side of that, and then I hope that I can use that in a positive way because it's, it's this really cool, young, um, exciting, powerful new community that I think can really do great things in the world. So I guess I'm doing kind of a, a small version of my dream job right now. Wow, that's, that's awesome. really cool. And Anna, you've also, yeah, you've also done some uh, interviews for IGN in the past, and uh, I gotta say, for two guys like me and DG who interview people on a weekly basis, that's pretty fascinating. Can you talk uh, about those interviews and what experiences you've had? Well, um, I had kind of a fun experience with IGN because I was just involved with their um, IGN Pro League Three event, which is a StarCraft Two and League of Legends tournament. And um, I did some promo work for them, and they actually had Gordon Hayward on board from the NBA. And so I got to come in and interview him for some promo videos, and he's just a kick. He was so much fun. And then on the other side of it, so I had the, the professional basketball player, and then on the other side I got to be the live stream host for the event as well. So I got to interview the big names in StarCraft Two, which, uh, as nerdy as it is, was almost a bigger deal for me. I got to interview one player in particular whose name is Boxer, and he's kind of known as the, they call him the emperor of StarCraft Two. So as a, a little StarCraft Two fangirl, I kind of had my heart go pitter-pat because I got to interview him live on stage. <laughs> nice. Wow. Well, you know, that, that's definitely some good stuff because, like Joe said, we interview people every week like we're doing right now. Even when we have our callers, we like to do it in an interview-style format, so that's pretty cool. Now, tell us, uh, speaking of the whole StarCraft and, and video games, uh, you sang a Run This Town remix, which was pretty awesome. I heard it, and that's when, you know, you sent me all the links and stuff to things that you've done, and I was like, wow, this girl this girl can sing. You know, honestly, it blew me away. Now, tell the audience a little bit about that because even looking at your bio, you know, it says that you, you sing for uh, – you know, in a singing group in Oregon. I mean, you you literally do so many different things. Tell us a bit about your singing. <laughs> well, I started singing when I was really young, the typical, like, you know, I was in the church choirs and things, and then in high school, that was really my my niche. I was, I, I think by my senior year, I had finished enough of my other classes that on some days I had, like, five hours of music and choir in, in one school day, so... <laughs> So it really was a passion of mine, and when I went to college, I considered, you know, pursuing music, but um, 
my family kind of urged me to look at something a little bit more stable and kind of use that as something that I could maybe pursue in the future. And so now that it is the future and I'm kind of at a point where I am figuring out, all right, now what do I really want to do and what can I do? Um, it was really cool because the producer, the owner of Underline Entertainment, um, contacted me and he said, I heard you sing. Um, and I think he had seen like a YouTube video of me singing karaoke or something like that. And he said, I'd love for you to sing this StarCraft II parody song. And I said, well, sure, you know, it'll be this fun little YouTube project, I guess. And I, I haven't been... Um, since I've moved to Arizona, I haven't been singing much um, because I, I'm out of the Oregon repertory singers now since I'm not in Oregon. And Anyway, long story short, recorded this song, and it kind of blew up, and it got all sorts of attention on YouTube, and um, a couple you know, uh, documentaries and things have been using it in their, in their documentaries. So it's, it's been really fun, this little project that we actually recorded in a hotel bathroom uh, has mm-hmm. actually made it pretty big. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> well, let me ask yeah, you, because what Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, it was just, yeah, he um, he happened to be in Vegas at the same time that I was there. I can't, I think it was, yeah, I was there for Miss USA, and we had one night off from the competition, and he said, can you take your night off, and can you walk over to this hotel, and can we record this song? And I was like, eh, sure, why not? <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was what we did. Cool. You mentioned singing, and I just want to ask, um, you know, we're, we're breaking down the Super Bowl today, uh, DG's. New York Giants won the Super Bowl, but did you catch the halftime show? You know, I didn't, and I've been meaning all day to go check it out on YouTube, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay, I was just going to ask you because, I mean, it seemed like more people disliked Madonna's performance than liked it, so I just thought I wanted to get your thoughts on it. But if you haven't seen it yet, I thought it was pretty decent. DG, I don't know if you even. I, I know you didn't well, really like it. But. I, you know, I saw a little bit of it, but my dad, my dad was got so upset that he t- actually changed it to the uh, strongman competition on ESPN. <laughs> so I wasn't watching Madonna, you know, do her thing. I was literally watching these enormous guys pull, you know, 500 pound weights, you know, or tires across the, <laughs> the finish line or whatever. But you know, so I can't comment on that either. Okay, so Anna, I, I know you also you also work for. What does it say here? Pro gaming evil geniuses? Mm-hmm. Can you yeah, tell us a little I, bit about uh, that? <laughs> sure. Yeah, they're a professional video gaming team, so the players actually, it works much like a, a normal sports team where you they have sponsorships, they do product endorsements, they receive a salary from their team, and then they play in various tournaments all over the world. In, um, specifically, I work with mostly StarCraft II as you've heard me right. mention it over and over. And actually, it, it's kind of funny because the, the reason that I didn't watch the Super Bowl, we're constantly embarrassed by this, is because we don't actually have, like, cable TV because all of us are so constantly on the Internet that if there isn't a live stream <laughs> of something, we're all just kind of like, what, what do we do now? <laughs> we don't know anyone here in Arizona because we all just moved here. Um, we, we live in a, I don't know if I said this yet, but we live in a, training facility. So it's this very big house, multiple bedrooms, and um, most of our, at least North American players, live here in this house in Phoenix, Arizona, and I manage it um, and do kind of the PR, the content, the video, and all that stuff for them, and they they just play video games all day. That's their job. (laughs) And I'm looking at my notes here, Anna, and it says that your boyfriend is a professional video gamer, and i got to say, other than being a co-host of the greatest show on Earth, Pure Gold, I think my second favorite profession would be being a video gamer. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny because I didn't really know that professional gaming existed until um, I met him in college. And it was 
it was funny how slowly he kind of revealed his life to me and being like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at this video game. And I'm like, oh, cool, I love video games. You should show me. So, you know, we play a little. <laughs> but, and then, you know, I, I'm actually really good. Like, I'm actually one of the best in the nation. Oh, really? Like, how, do you play in tournaments? You know, so he was a little bit scared to mention to his new girlfriend <laughs> that actually he plays video games professionally, but I, I loved every second of it. So now cool. – uh, we're we're having a pretty good time doing everything we love for a living. <laughs> That's great. You know, you know what's great, Anna, is that my my co-host is full of crap because he never plays video games. He doesn't know the first thing about video games. I That's am the true. one who's actually. Is you you? What was the last video game you played? Super Mario Two or something? Get out of here! Well, I'm the one who's into video games. I'm here. I mean, Nintendo Nintendo is a video game, isn't it? There is nothing yeah. wrong with a good Super Mario. I gotta tell you. Oh, oh there of course. Go. But, Take but that, let's be DJ. honest here. Take I'm that. the one sitting here. I'm the one sitting here on this show talking about Batman Arkham City. I'm the one talking about Transformers. I'm the one talking about WWE 12. And you're like, wait, what? There's a what? What? Tra- Batman? What? So I don't want to hear it. All right. And uh, getting back to you, <laughs> I also see here that you do communication consulting. Now, can you tell us, out of all the things that you do, what exactly is that, and how can you help? your gold and consult with the communication part aspect of the show. Yeah, consult us. <laughs> well, um, you know, pageantry, which is part of the reason that you called me to begin with, right. I, I never thought I would do something like a beauty pageant. I, I laughed at the person who asked me to do it, actually, rudely enough, but um, I ended up doing it kind of <laughs> as a joke and thought that I would make a fool of myself and my friends could come laugh, but I actually, surprisingly, won my first pageant, did pretty well, and then subsequently went on to Miss Oregon and, and Miss USA and and so on. So um, because of that success, uh, I was in this transitional period in my life where I was actually working in a financial firm, which was the last thing that I ever really wanted to do. I, I hate talking about money all day. I'd rather talk about, you know, You'd rather make money all day, on stage. right? <laughs> I guess. Um, so I had this great, but it was a great company. It was a stable job. It was, you know good people, and so I was kind of at this crossroads where it was like, okay, do I stick with this? I've got to be stable. I've got to make sure that I'm doing something that's responsible, or do I kind of say, all right, I I just tried something new, and people seem to think I'm really successful at it, and now they're starting to ask me for my help, and they're starting to offer to pay me for my help. Do I kind of like, do I jump in, and do I try to make this what I do? Um, So combined with a few other things, like having the ability to start working in in professional video gaming and and kind of making a mismatched career, I I got enough requests from people for interview help for pageants specifically that it made sense for me to start taking that on as a part-time job. So um, what I started doing was basically just one-on-one interview coaching for anything from pageants to, um, you know, job interviews, college interviews, any of those things, because... I found that um, my my educational background is in speech communication and international studies. And I found that the things that that I knew and that I took for granted, many people um, really could use that information and it really helped them um, in pageants because you want to present the very best of yourself and be able to express who you are in a very short amount of time. But, of course, in, in the typical things like job interviews and even dating or making friends, you know, those kinds of things. So that kind of then built me a network where it started to reach out into things like social media networking and some PR type stuff and some marketing. So I, I'm basically just kind of a freelance consultant for anything that people think I can help them with at this point. 
So I still do. I there's a lot of girls in Oregon that I still keep as clients at my my beginning rate of um, for doing pageant interview consulting just because I love it and um, I kind of just treat it as one more side of the many part time jobs that I have. <laughs> right. Well, it's amazing. I mean, now, you know, Anna, before we let you go, um, obviously we touched on the whole Miss Oregon USA, and, of course, we're joined here by Miss Oregon USA 2011, Anna Prosser. Um, did your did your run as Miss USA, um, as Miss Oregon, I mean, um, did that give you any type of notoriety, or did it help you in terms of everything else? I know you just touched on um, people coming to you and asking for help and stuff like that. But was that because you were Miss Oregon, or was that because they found out about all the other things that you did? Like, did, did your did your title give you any type of uh, in way inroads into all the other five thousand things that you do? Oh, definitely, absolutely. What's crazy about being a title holder is that Miss Oregon USA is a celebrity. I'm not personally, you know, necessarily a celebrity, but Miss Oregon USA. When you say oh, Miss Oregon USA did this, everyone's like, wow, that's important because she finally, Miss Oregon USA. Finally, and somebody so, says that, you know, because we've interviewed, I've interviewed uh, many, you know, Miss Arizona, different people, and they're like, oh, no, we're not celebrities. But, you, I mean, you just touched on it. You're you're a title holder. You're a beauty pageant winner. You're a celebrity. Compared to two schlubs like me and Joe, I mean, you're <laughs> practically world famous. Well, it's such a trip because it's. I realized once I stepped into that role that, it's the conglomeration of every single woman who's ever been, not only Miss Oregon USA, but basically who's ever been a pageant title holder. So right. it brings you this instant spot where for a year, whatever you do, you have an extra kind of stamp of approval of like, by the way, you should pay attention to me. By the way, this is this is going to be interesting to you. So for me, the biggest blessing was that I could go to somewhere where I really wanted to make a difference and say, look, I have this shiny crown on my head and it brings a lot of attention and I want to bring attention to what you're doing and I want to partner with you. And so for me, that was that was the biggest thing. But of course, yes, I mean, as far as my own career goes, it instantly made me more attractive in, in terms of like freelance spokesmodeling, um, getting more hosting jobs, telling people, um, you know, if I'm saying I can coach you an interview and I won an award for that, um, you know, it, people take me more seriously. So it's just like any award, like, you know, an Oscar award-winning actress, same kind of thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, wow, you know, it's so many things, and I mean, literally, I'm just blown away by all the things that, that you do. And it's interesting because, you know, I touched on the whole celebrity thing, but when I was talking to Joe about this before the show, I said this is going to be very different than our typical uh, interviews with, uh, you know, the girls from the Miss USA pageant, uh, the, 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 the circuit, because, I mean, we have some questions that we'll ask, like, what is this like and what is that like? We always tailor it to the person, obviously, because there's different things, different states, different interests that they have. But you're, you're like we said, jack of all trades, master of none, so many different things. This is literally just, oh, and by the way, she's also a beauty pageant winner, you know, which is, <laughs> which is really cool because you, you do so many things. And, again, we just – I can't thank you enough, and I know Joe feels the same way. Thanks so much. For giving us, uh, you know, some of your time here on a, on a Tuesday night, we'd love to have you on again in the future, of course. And uh, you know, I'm sure that we'll we'll keep in touch. But hopefully, you enjoyed your time here on Pure Gold Radio. And uh, again, Anna, thank you so much, and, and we'd love to have you back on. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Go play some video games. Sorry, just for <laughs> us. <laughs> All right, I will. Good night. Take care. Bye.
Folks, that was the one and only Miss Oregon USA 2011 Anna Prosser. Joe? Beautiful. Hey, everyone. This is Brittany Don Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011, and Pure Gold is the best show on the radio. So make sure you tune in, check out the latest in entertainment, news, and sports. Wow, that is that's awesome. And you know what else is awesome, sir? This is Miss Pennsylvania USA 2011, Amber Joy Watkins. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold every week. Check them out for yourself at puregoldpg.com. It is truly a show about anything and everything. And Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Yes, we do. And speaking of telling it like it is, we still have Abraham on hold. We still have Todd on hold. I'm going to get back to Todd because Todd was on first. And, of course, Todd is a member of the Pure Gold team. Let's check on him and see if he's still awake. Todd, you still there? I am still here. That is awesome, sir. Thanks so much for holding on. Um, <laughs> you know, we were talking about so many things. We had Abon. Uh, you know, tell us. We touched on the whole Wes Walker thing, and Abraham, of course, was going nuts, foaming at the mouth. But tell us, when did you know? When did you think to yourself, or did you ever think to yourself, when you're watching the Super Bowl, man, the Giants are, are going to pull this off, was there ever a point where you said, I'm going to have to call, oh, crap, I'm going to have to call Pure Gold on Tuesday and get ripped for being a complete and utter tool and getting my prediction wrong and basically being wrong about absolutely everything that I said? When was the point that that hit you, Todd? Because that's what I want to know. It was when Bradshaw went into the end zone. When he fell into the end zone, that's exactly what I thought to myself. I was, ah, crap. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have to go get ripped. And I have to say you're being very gracious. You're being a very gracious winner, Dave. Uh, I'm I'm trying here. You know, see, the thing is, regardless of what you said on Saturday, you're not a Patriots fan. If you were a Patriots fan and you were talking all that crap, like that like that guy at Joe's job, then I would be ripping you. But, you know, i, I got to give you a break. You're, you're a part of the team. Let me ask you, Joe touched on this earlier. Um, did you think Bradshaw should have held up, or did you think that there was uh, there was too many things that could have gone wrong and, and he did the right thing by going into the end zone? You know, I, I, I know that they talk about the, ever since, you know, uh, What's his name from the Eagles did it? Um, I can't even think of his name now. Buckhold? See that? Not Buckhold. Two, two years removed out of the NFL, and everybody forgets who you are. Only one of the greatest <laughs> running backs for the team of all time. Um, I'm a firm believer in that you score when you can score because you right. don't know if you're going to get the opportunity to do it again. You know what I mean? He goes down on the one, the next play, he could fumble the football, a 99 yard return for a touchdown. Yep. You never know what's going to happen. I'm a firm believer in score when you can score. Yeah, so I know he tried to do the right thing, or at least he put it on film to make it look like he tried to do the right thing. (laughs) But I'm a firm believer in score when you can score. But But the thing is, too, I knew the game was over. The thing is, too, you can't you can't leave it up to your field goal kicker because look at what happened with Billy Cundiff. And I've never liked Lawrence Tynes. I don't care if Lawrence Tynes kicks a 100-yard field goal to win the Super Bowl next year. I'll never like him as a kicker. I don't trust him. And to me, there's so many things that could have gone wrong, and I can't imagine anybody having the wherewithal. Maybe there's one or two players, but having the wherewithal to see that opening, to see Super Bowl glory, to taste it, and then say, oh, wait, let me stop and go back. I mean, you know, it is what it is, but uh, I'm sure that Joe has a little comment on that too. Yeah, I think, Todd, I mean, just to wrap up uh, being, you know, Jet fans, I I think that, you know, (laughs) Patriot fans and Jet fans felt like this. Bang, bang, bang.
I mean, the Giants after that Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown, that's all they hit the entire NFL. The entire NFL, whoever they played, they hit with the bang, bang, bang. Every play was a uh, uh, went their way. I mean, you can't dispute the fact that the Giants are a good team. They got the breaks. Good team get the breaks. And uh, all in all, uh, a deserving fourth Super Bowl title for the New York Giants, Todd. And it was nice that it was clean, too, that we didn't see a game that was decided by officiating, be it good or bad. And I don't really think that there was anything to dispute as far as missed calls or anything like that. I thought it was a very well-officiated game considering the terrible officiating we saw this year during the regular season. So that was good, too. No dispute. Undisputed heavyweight champions of the football world. (laughs) It feels so good to hear you say that, Todd. Because I was hoping, I was praying that you would come into the store on Saturday. You didn't. You abandoned ship, just like Hans, just like the rest of these tools. But listen, you know, we definitely appreciate you coming on and being willing to at least take some lumps. And I'm definitely not the type to rub it in your face. If it was Joe, I would absolutely kick dirt on him. I'd low blow him. I'd hit him with a chair. I would do everything and just embarrass him. Exactly, but since it's you, Todd, thanks so much for holding on. Thanks so much for giving us your take. And, sir, don't worry. One day, I, I have faith that one day you will be sitting on in my chair and you'll be talking right here on the Pure Gold Airwaves. We're making millions, and you're, you're calling in. You're Todd from wherever the hell you live. You're going to be saying, the New York Jets, oh, baby. <laughs> well, off-season's coming. This is my favorite time of year to report on. I love all the moves and the chess pieces and the feeling good about what's what's to come. So I'll be on. <laughs> All right, sir. Have a good one. Tonight, Appreciate right. it. Thank you so much. And from one Jets fan, a loser, let's go to a winner once again, and Abraham. Abraham, thank you so much for holding on. It's been a wild show. I know you had a couple of points you wanted to make, but before you do, I just wanted to touch. My only point on the Wes Welker thing was, that play, if it had been if it had been completed, I think would have would have killed the Giants because that would have eaten more time off the clock. The, the, to me, the Patriots would have scored, no doubt, and the Giants are down by ten points. What I was telling my father was the Giants at the next their next possession, the Giants have to get a three and out. The Giants have to stop these guys right now because and this is the third quarter. If they don't stop, then this game is going to get out of hand. And thank goodness that that didn't happen. Well, I can't argue with that. Definitely, that was something that had to happen. They had to get a three and out. If they didn't, they were in trouble. Um, I just want to mention one thing really quick because I was listening to the, uh, your friend there talking about the Madonna um, thing. I thought she was dancing in slow motion. <laughs> well, she's about 100 years old. I mean, she's older than the Super Bowl, let's be honest. But, uh, but come on, who comes up with Madonna on a half show? Come on, on a halftime show. Seriously. Bro, they're Come getting on. older and older with these. Pretty soon they're going to have uh, Moses is going to be partying the Red Sea at the next uh, Super Bowl halftime show. You know what? I'm going to leave it there. I just wanted to mention her doing that and the apologies from the NFL because her other little friend flipped her bird. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I didn't see um, that. Well, she flipped the bird. One of the singers, the other singer that was next to her. You, look it up. You, you'll see it. Um, there was yeah, I heard about it. I just didn't see it. Right, right, which was ridiculous. But going back to my big blue team, of course, <laughs> the big, of course, big blue wrecking crew. The wrecking no, crew. No, says my. Yeah, of course, they're his <laughs> team. I mean, he, take he note, owns them. DJ, take note, DJ. He says mine. Not ours, <laughs> mine. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 
Well, to the Jet fans, all I want to say is um, I'm sorry that you're going to need a bigger curtain the next time you try <laughs> to cover up our trophies. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember the incident <laughs> during the game. What are this, gonna well, one of the Giants said today, and you were there, he said, uh, what was it that uh, now we know whose house this is or something to that effect? Oh, oh, he said, he said, this is MetLife Stadium. And then he goes, um, uh, we all know whose house it is. And, and, and I mean, who, or who thinks it's their house? I forget what it is. And that other team, they said, boo, everybody started going, boo. <laughs> he goes, well, we own this place. Um, the other thing I like was um, what the owner said. The owner said. Which one? Know, the, the, um, now Tisha Mara? Mara Mara John Mara He said What he said about being In the dream when, Well You know how they call themselves The American team The America's team yeah. You know the guys yeah. With the Dallas Bar um, Yeah well, Those, those the cowgirls yeah, <laughs> Exactly I didn't want to say it I didn't know if I was allowed to say it <laughs> But anyway There you go the Dallas cowgirls um, And Tony um, Never mind Anyway um, you know what that rhymes with, but um, of course, anyway, of course. <laughs> but anyway, he said they might be America's team, but we are America's dream. And when he said that, I mean that crowd went crazy. It it, it really went crazy. Why? Because we are the underdogs, and America was Love always it. the underdog back in the day. You know what I mean? Before the world wars and everything, people tried right. America. So this says a lot, you know what I mean? The American dream is where, you know, people from Guatemala, from Honduras, from everywhere, they come to live this dream. They're the underdogs. They come here, they buy their houses, they get their jobs, their education, their kids have a better future, you know what I'm saying? So go ahead, you can be America's team, but we're going to be America's dream. And that's what we look forward to. And I think the Giants next year, and, and I know you might be saying, Hey, let's hold back. Let's see what happens. But I think they have the wide receivers to really pull this off and win again next year. Okay? But under one condition, they get Eli more protection. They need to get younger and faster on the the offensive line. If they don't get younger and faster on the offensive line, Although I have the most, the utmost most respect for that offensive line, we've been together for a while. They are not going to be able to do what they did this year. So that you know, that being said, um, I really think that the Giants, to me, in my book, have the number four chance. They're, they're fourth on my list to win the Super Bowl next year. And I hate to say that the Saints, the Lions, and even the Texans are in front of them. But the talent that they also represent could be something big. And, and then we know Breeze is not going on anywhere. He's he's a free agent, but you know they're going to give him that money. There's no way. Of course, they have to. Yeah, there's no way they can let him go. There's nobody else out there unless you're going to go and get Peyton Manning. And that's a risk because we don't know how many more years Peyton Manning has him in himself. But, um, yeah, I have him at four. Not And, and I, like I said, I think they they really have a greater chance. I'm being modest about this, and I'm going to be nice about it because we're always the underdogs, so I'm not going to go ahead and be too cocky about it because I'm not Justin Tuck, even though he's always just in time with Justin Tuck. But, you know. Hey, hey, <laughs> we'll, de- we'll, def- we'll, 
definitely have time to, you know, have hot stove football, and hopefully you could call in and give us, you know, some Giants updates. But let me ask you, because you've been agreeing with me this whole time, it's, I haven't even paid you yet, so I just want to ask you another question, see if you agree with me versus Dave on this one. We were talking about, you know, teams with all-time Super Bowl victories. He told me he'd rather be, uh, he'd rather have the San Francisco Giants five titles because they the went 49ers? five and zero. Because they went five and zero, you know, in the Super Bowls. And I said I'd rather have the most Super Bowl victories, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Which would you rather have? The Pittsburgh Steelers went six, are six and two in Super Bowls, and the 49ers are five and zero. What would you rather have? Six titles or five? Wow. I rather. I'm sorry to say, but I'd rather have more titles. I, I, <laughs> of course. I, of DJ, course you're fired. Would. DJ, you're DJ. fired. Hey. <laughs> Undefeated, baby. That's what I'm talking about. The reason this came up, baby, is because I was thinking, man, that 2000 Super Bowl was such a sham. I would love it if the Giants had gone five and zero because they're nine and one in championship games, as you know. I mean, imagine ten and zero and five titles, no losses. That's what I want. No, but I mean, what I'm, I don't know if you understood. I rather have more championships. I don't care if I'm ten and two, you know what I'm saying, and someone is, tw- you know, eleven and one or whatever the case may be. But if I have one more than someone else, yeah, I'll take that over anything. Because the more trophies I get to put in my stadium, especially in Giant Stadium, the more, um, you know, Rex Ryan has to talk about. So of course, of course, <laughs> of DJ. course. Yes, even the, I mean, I think the one thing that the Jets do have over the Giants is that the Jets' winning percentage is perfect in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> You're wow. right, they do. You're right. Wow. That, but in that case, I'd rather take, I'd rather take four and one versus one and zero. But listen, well, Abe, then, thanks so much for for uh, joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, Joe, did you have anything else you'd like to add? No, I just proved my point that uh, I was right that I'd rather have more Super Bowls than you know oh, winning well. percentage. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> one, one more question. I'm going I'm to I'm back his question up. But what would you rather have, David? A million dollars or half a million dollars? Hmm. That's not. That, no, no, no. That, that, see, that's not the same thing. <laughs> you, you're talking. No, no, no. All right. You're saying you'd rather be six and six in the Super Bowl. Well, okay, I went to twelve Super Bowl. Ugh. I'd rather be six and six in the Super Bowl than be like you know five and zero. Like, I don't want to hear it. All right, I, I'd rather be undefeated. I'd rather be perfect. That's just the way that it is. That's me, Mister Perfect, Mister Perfection. That's it. It's not like I'm saying I'd rather be one and zero like Joe versus six and two. No, of course not. But five versus okay. six, you know, I'll take my five and zero. Okay. Well, you know what? You're right. But we're two and zero against um, Brady, so that's great. That's all that matters, my <laughs> friend. That is all that matters. And I tell you this really much, I'd play. rather be 2-0 and like Eli than 3-2 and like Tom, but that's just me. What can I say, Abe? Yeah, Abe I'll talk to you Abe, soon, my friend. Abe. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one. You too, thanks, sir. Have Abe. a great night. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Bye. That was the one and only Abraham from Hackensack. I mean, sir, this has been a show truly about anything and everything, and we have truly... I mean, literally told it like it is. We covered singing in choirs. We talk, We covered Madonna, filth that she is. We covered video games. We covered the Super Bowl. We covered the Jets. We covered food, family, fun, friends, Fantastic Four. We covered everything, sir. I think you're right, though. I mean, if the Jets ever do get to a Super Bowl and actually have the chance of winning it, but throughout that whole game, I think I'd be just like you, sir. I'd be nervous. I don't think I'd eat as much. The fact Man, that my team never been this, yeah, I, I ate like a pig. I'll be honest with you, because my team wasn't in it. Yeah, 
Of course. And, and last year, in the last several years, I ate like a pig. When the Giants won, won in 07, uh, you know, the 08 beginning of the year, I was the same way. I didn't sit down the whole second half. I was up nested because it's my team. But when I'm watching the Steelers and the and the Packers, I'm I'm sitting there eating five, six slices of pizza. I'm stuck in my face. I'm getting trashed on some, you know, Mountain Dew and some, some Wild Cherry Pepsi. I mean, I could care less. You watch the game. You enjoy it. You have fun. The Super Bowl is a great event. You know, next year I want to I wanna do a whole thing with my dad, my wife, you know, everything. Um but it's just one of those things that the Super Bowl, you know, when it's not your team, of course you're going to eat. But if it's your team, you're going to be nervous because this is the biggest game on the planet. This is the biggest game in the sports. So, I mean, nothing – we talked about this earlier. Nothing is bigger in sports than the Super Bowl. I mean, you could argue the World Cup. I, I, I could kind of see that. But here in America, there's nothing bigger than the Super Bowl, sir. And for the third year, I'm not sure if you knew this, but third straight year, it broke uh, all the all-time uh, TV viewing records, the most viewed event in uh, t- U.S. television history. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually impressed about that, considering the fact that, you know, one team was from New York and one was from Boston. You know, people, I would pretty much guarantee you that people from the Midwest do not like New Yorkers as much as you think. So I didn't think that that many people would tune in and watch that kind of Super Bowl versus a Green Bay versus Pittsburgh Super Bowl, where there's Pittsburgh fans all over the United States and there's Green Bay fans all over the United States, not just in their get, hometowns. I don't get that, sir. I don't get how there's Pittsburgh and Green, especially Green Bay. How are there Green Bay fans all over the place? But, you know, my brother lives in Wisconsin, so I know what the Midwestern fans think of us. They're they're not right. they're not too they're not too happy with us. They they don't like us too much. So I know what that's like. I just don't understand how there could be fans of those two teams all over the uh, all over the planet, sir. Right, it's amazing. And let me just um, give me your take on this, sir. I'm going to give you as objective as I can, just business style, a recap of Super Bowl 46. And tell me, after I give you my whole recap, what you think, if I missed anything, or if you think that I was right on with this. So we had the game start off with the the Giants, you know, pretty much getting the ball because the Patriots won the coin toss. So they were going to get the ball in the second half. I thought that was interesting to start the game. And you had the Giants, you know, start off on their first drive, they sputtered. They got, you know, Eli yeah. got sacked twice, and then you had a great punt by Steve Rutherford. Uh, Rutherford, yeah, Weatherford, former Weatherford. Jet, or Weatherford. Yeah, he was a former Jet, Steve Weatherford. <laughs> right. So he he put he pins the the Patriots down to like around the six yard line, I believe, and then you have Tom Brady throwing a ball like that was you know not even in the vicinity of any wide receiver. Nope. So he threw he threw the ball from the end zone. It resulted in a safety, and I thought that was a bad omen for the Patriots right then and there. I was like, one play from scrimmage, and already the Giants have two points on the board, and they were going to get the ball back. So the Giants, you know, get the ball back. They don't do anything, but then eventually score a touchdown with Victor Cruz from Patterson, New Jersey. Hopefully we can get him on the show, sir, uh, in the near future. But, yep, so 9 nothing. Giants are in control. Patriots, you know, pretty much, you know, need to score at this point or else this game is over. They they do make it pretty much you know they they kick a field goal make it nine three and then to end the half they actually score a touchdown which with about five six seconds left in the half and then you're getting the feeling as a giant fan that at ten nine you pretty much dominated the whole first half and you're going to the halftime down a point and I thought that was you know going to be a bad sign for the Giants and then they come back in the third quarter the 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 Patriots with a methodical like I said methodical drive by Tom Brady. Make it seventeen to nine, and then you really think that this game's getting out of hand as a giant, as a giant fan. And all of a sudden, you know, the Patriots let him back in, make it seventeen fifteen, and from there, 
I thought that the Giants using two timeouts in one drive in the four, early in the fourth quarter was a big mistake. And then you have, you know, that, that great play but from Manning to Manningham, and you have that whole Wes Welker miss, which right. and obviously you have the Bradshaw falling in for a touchdown. Those three right. big plays in the second half resulted in a, you know, a Giants victory. I know that the Patriots got the ball back. I thought that it would be interesting if Bradshaw fell into the end zone and then he'd be the GOAT for scoring a touchdown. I mean, can you imagine scoring a touchdown late in the game in Super Bowl 46 in a Super Bowl and then being the GOAT because Tom Brady has the ball back with one timeout and he has a chance to bring the team back and win the game with, you know, a final drive with him. So I thought that would be interesting if Bradshaw would be remembered as a GOAT for scoring a touchdown, which obviously for him was a good thing and for the Giants. But the Giants end up winning the last play of the game. You cannot dispute the fact that this was probably one of the best, if not the best, Super Bowl because it came down to the last play of the game. Tom Brady throwing a Hail Mary, and it wasn't as close, I guess, if you look at the replay, but you never know. I mean, the guy had his hands on the ball when it was tipped. He could have caught it. The game. Can you imagine ending the game on a Hail Mary being caught? I mean, that would have been like un- unbelievable as a just as an NFL fan, but as a Giant fan, it would have broke your heart. But the the, the game. Well, ends, I tell you this but, much: we wouldn't be doing the show right now if that was the case, because I would still be in yeah, the morning. You probably would. So the game ends with the last play of the game with a Tom Brady hail mary. It's incomplete. The Giants win the fourth Super Bowl, and Eli Manning is Captain Clutch once again. Two-time Super Bowl MVP goes to Disney World, comes back to Jersey, <laughs> goes to the Day Parade, did. and and you know here we are recapping pure gold style. What do you think, sir? I think you're right, sir. I mean, you know, one thing I think you forgot to mention was the uh, the huge interception by Chase Blackburn. You know, I believe it was in the third quarter where that, to me, helped uh, turn turn the game a little bit in the Giants' favor. I mean, he still had the Wes Welker play, but that play by uh, Blackburn really, you know, the Giants, like Abraham was saying, the Giants were pressuring. Um, they were pressuring Mr. Brady, and he threw the ball up, and Blackburn, God, this guy, sir, this guy was, it was in week six, a substitute teacher. And then the Giants call him in again to come back to the team. And, I mean, I tell you, I don't know if the Giants make it to the playoffs without him, sir. He he made such an impact on this team. I mean, you know, just so many different pieces of the puzzle. I mean, the whole Ahmad Bradshaw thing and being the GOAT. I agree with Todd. You have to score when you, when you have the chance because the truth of the matter is you just don't know. You can fumble. You can kick. Like I said, I have no confidence in Lawrence Tynes. You've got to go for the touchdown there. You've got to make it in a, a way that – not only does Brady not have a lot of time left, but you force him to score a touchdown because if the Giants have gone up 18-17, I tell you, no doubt in my mind they lose. I said I said it to my dad, if the Giants settle for a field goal right here, they are going to lose this game, sir. I was thinking that. I believed it. I believe if if they had, we, would, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. I'd be, I'd be, we wouldn't even be having a show, sir. We wouldn't even be having yep. a show. Yep, and you're probably right. And let's let's take it full circle and tell you that, you know, it all started back way back when, the day before Christmas Eve, the day before the Giants played the Jets, and a special mm-hmm. man with a, a motivational speech, and all-in speech, by a Mr. John Paul Gonzalez, which we thank once again for coming to our remote on Saturday, which, you know, basically started a super weekend, sir. I mean, we had a great remote this past weekend. Yes, we did. It was an amazing remote. And again, I want to thank Design Stitch, our official embroiderer, for making two amazing polo shirts for us that we are wearing. You can check it out. It's actually my... Uh, on Twitter, it's actually the uh, the profile pic. Um, you know, thanks Pete Davies, thanks Sue for her help. I mean, so many different people who who helped us, and you know, Marissa who helped us out with the sign and everything else, sir. 
I mean, it was it was a wonderful experience. I had a blast. You had a blast. Love Whole Foods. Huge fan. An even bigger fan now after that remote. And that, that to me, listening to the show afterwards, um, that was a, just an amazing show, sir. I mean, I, I, I want to do more remotes. That just solidified the fact that we are as professional as it gets. That remote... Pretty much without none of, no through no fault of our own, it went off without a hitch. I mean, there was a couple of things, but you know, things out of our control. I mean, I I had a blast, and I can't wait to do it again. Also, don't forget to mention our wives and our daughters for being there and being supportive, handing oh, out business cards. I mean, it was a it was a huge PG effort all around. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what was your favorite part of? The, I know mine was the food. What was your favorite part of the uh, the remote there? <laughs> Did you just say the food was your favorite part? <laughs> of course, that food was good. What are you kidding me? When I when I listen to myself eating it and enjoying it, I think, man, I could go for some more of that that guacamole uh, or maybe some of those wings. I mean, you know, a couple more would have been nice. Got next time, I got to tell Sue to give us a few more, sir. I mean, that 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 wasn't enough for me. I needed about five or six more, if not I, twenty more. I'll definitely tell her. But I got to tell you, my probably my favorite part of the whole show was that the fact that. We were live in a place where people came up to us. We actually were able to talk to some fans, some customers, and get their thoughts on everything. So I thought that we did everything really PG style. We broke down the game as much as we could, and then, you know, we pretty much were able to get the take of some regular fans. I mean, I talked to a, I talked to two Patriot fans, uh, one that worked for Whole Foods and one just uh, came in and, and saw us and. We thank everybody for coming by, taking our business cards. You can definitely follow us uh, on our Twitter sites uh, and as well as our website, puregoldpg.com. Check us out. Tell your friends, tell your friend, you know, your friends, your family, even your enemies if you need to. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the bigger the bigger we are, we'll, we'll definitely have you on. Call us at seven one four three six four four seven two one. Give us your take. We'll give a, we'll give us your take, and we'll, we'll you know we'll talk. We'll make sure that you get to have your airtime. We appreciate everything you do for us. DG, take it away. Wow, Joe, that's uh, that's quite a way to uh, to wrap up the show. I mean, you pretty much stole my, I guess since I opened the show, which is your job, you pretty much closed the show, which is normally my job. Um, sir, it was a great show, like you said. Thanks to John Paul Gonzalez, and I spoke to him today. Great guy, great guest. Uh, you know, I actually used the all-in speech um, for something for the church this morning, which was great. Um, it was just great. I loved it. You know, and again, I want to do it as soon as possible. I would love to do that show. I would love to do another remote, whether it's at Biggie's or whatever the case is. Sir, we need to make this happen. We need to talk to Sue. We need to promote, whether it's WrestleMania, whether it's opening day, something. We need to get the fans out. We need to get the Pure Gold team on the move, sir. I mean, it was just a, such a blessing. And again, like you said, thanks to our wives for being so wonderful and patient with us. Your wife, of course, is on the air with us, and she disgraced herself talking about the Giants and the, the 49ers and all that. But, sir... Nothing else needs to be said. Thank you so much to Anna Prosser, uh, Miss Oregon USA 2011, for joining us. She was an amazing guest. Thank you so much to Abraham for calling in. Of course, to Todd for calling in. It was great to have them, you know, many part of the Pure Gold team. Uh, Todd, of course, has been here since the beginning. Abe, who's done a little behind-the-scenes work for us. It was just great to have these two guys on there. And, uh, folks, we thank you all for listening. Make sure you tune in next Thursday, not Tuesday, because next Tuesday, folks, it's Valentine's Day, so we're not going to be doing a show. My wife would kill me if it was Valentine's Day. The day after our two-year wedding anniversary and her birthday, she would literally kill me until I was dead if I hey, did gee. a show on Valentine's Day. Yes. I think it's only appropriate that we sing happy birthday to her. Today or next next week? No, we'd have to do it now because our next show is on the 16th. 
If you want to lead, go ahead, sir. I'll, I'll follow your lead. All right. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kelly. Happy birthday to you. Wow. That was uh that was some good stuff there, sir. That was, that was a great little Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> I like turtles. Oh, uh, it's that all? Well, sir, <laughs> folks, tune in next Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. And next Thursday, we're going to have two great guests. We're going to have 2012. We're going to get into a little baseball talk with our first ever pro baseball player, the New York Mets draft pick, one of their, their two first-round draft picks, Mr. Michael Fulmer. He's going to be joining us next Thursday. And it's also Raquel Beasley, who happens to be a Miss California USA 2008. But we're going to be talking to her about her, her charity organization that she runs, which, of course, is a big thing for me. Summer to what we do at the church. Folks, make sure you check us out. It is going to be an awesome show. What's the name of your show? Uh, pure gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. And, folks, I leave you with this. Good night, everyone.